This is not a test. This is reality. You are listening to our podcast, Could Be Your Life. My name is Jeff. I'm Caroline. Yes, thank you for joining us today. Uh, This is a very, very special episode. uh, (laughs) As you might imagine. (laughs) A very special month uh, that we are about to embark on here. Uh, This is New Metal Month, uh, or as as we're calling it, Arumbop Darumbop Darena (laughs) Month. Uh, Let's all go around the table and do it. <laughs> I, I think I've done it enough. You've done it. Uh, I'm going to try now. Okay. I don't think I've done it. <sighs> I can't do it without laughing. God and, damn it. Andrew? No, I'm going to try. I'm going to okay. try. I've got to try. <laughs> I don't know, man. Uh, you're no John Davis, Carolyn. Do I get to try it now? If yes. you like. Uh, do the phonetic pronunciation again, please. Arum bop da rum bop da reina. Arum bop da rum dam banema. That's not bad. That's not bad. <laughs> that was give quite it to good. You. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I've been practicing. Get, I've been give practicing. Give it to him like X. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yes, uh, this is a month devoted to new metal. And uh, <laughs> joining us... I believe every week this month, unless something comes up. Unless I die. Right. Please don't. All right. <laughs> Do your best to not die. Uh, I'm not making any promises. But you got uh, a lot of slip not to listen to. <laughs> failing that, though, uh, Andrew will be joining us every week this month, uh, as he is a uh, new metal. What what are you? Would you I, say? I, a, a new metal aficionado? Would that be the word you use? I wouldn't say aficionado. I just I I embrace new metal. All right. An enthusiast. I'm an enthusiast. A new metal enthusiast. Yes. Um, now I suspect some of you uh may be somewhat dismayed that we've <laughs> yeah, chosen uh, to. I was talking to Cat. Yeah, Cat opened... was unhappy about. Yes, it. <laughs> they openly wondered if we were going to lose listeners. <laughs> I think we will. I think between the comments that your show has been getting sometimes, especially whenever I'm on, <laughs> coupled with the fact that we're talking we're all, about... We're all from Ed, Ed and Eddie, but without an accent. <laughs> which is... That, that's really the greatest thing anybody's ever said about my speaking voice. But, but, but and coupled with the bands we're going to be talking about, I expect this to be 
pretty much tumbleweeds. We could we could say anything we wanted to. We could admit to nine eleven right now, and <laughs> no, nobody would know. Our podcast did 9-11. We are not shy about making references to Limp Biscuit and Corn like all the time. Right. That is true. That's true. And, and I we're not shy about like kind of thinking that new metal can be good. Alright, well let's not say kind of. New metal's fucking great. <laughs> new metal fucking owns. Um well, well, here's the thing, is, like, the reason I wanted to do this month is because new Metal is a huge part of me. Yeah. Like, like whether I want, whether I want it to be or not, uh, Limp Biscuit in particular is, is so intimately tied, uh, with my, you know, pre-teen years, uh, like, uh, Limp Biscuit is part of my psyche forever. Like it's not leaving, you know. Yeah, it's it's in there for good. It's uh, like there's nothing I can do about it. That's beautiful. Yeah. There's this theory that some people have about musicians, which is that eventually musicians like kind of want to make the music that they liked when they were ten. <laughs> and I don't know how accurate that is, but I think like. The music that you listen to as a kid can be a lot more influential than you assume it is when you're like 20 and you're really serious about music. Oh, sure, sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and guys, I gotta tell you, like, hey, hey, everybody, we're all cool here, right? We all saw The Color of Noise and thought it was great. Mark Prindle was in it. It was cool as hell. Um, I don't even you know, know that. You know that- you know that band Helmet that was in that movie? Yeah, Helmet. Yeah, like, this is like if Helmet was just, like, <laughs> fronted by a different idiot. <laughs> well, right. And, that, the, that, that's and the, the music was better. Uh, <laughs> the music was better. Uh, I've, I've come to realize, um, maybe not so much Limp Biscuit, but but certainly Korn. Uh, I mean, oh, new, sure. new Metal is, is, is kind of noise rock. Played by idiots. Yeah, just you know? fucking boneheaded numbskulls. And it's great, and it's great it's because fantastic. of that. Yeah, it's great absolutely. because of that, absolutely. I feel like people are way too quick to dismiss stupid music <laughs> yeah. as just nothing, but no, sometimes stupid music is the most enjoyable music to listen to. And mm. people are really, I, I really don't like this, uh, and it's still true, I think it's changing, but like people are really dismissive of new metal because people didn't like it when it was around. It was a huge cultural force. Yes, but like, like you know, pencil neck geeks didn't like it. Mm. Well, well, critics. Critics, critics. hated it. Well, not just that, it's hard to look at that whole... That just culturally, if you if you remember living in it, it was a weird time. And, it was and a, a weird time. Yeah, and so a lot of people just associate anything with that time as just awful. Yeah. No, but like I read an NME article that came out like three oh, years ago, God. and it was like 10 reasons why new metal is still the worst music of all time. And it's so dismissive, and I hate that because, like, just because, like, in terms of image and stuff, it was stupid and kind of lame. Doesn't mean you get to write it off. And I think a really good uh, comparison for like what new metal 
is like in the culture is hair metal. Yeah, because that, that's a type of music that I don't like very much, and I think it's because I didn't like. I was born in nineteen. Yeah, I was born in nineteen ninety one, so I don't remember that music being on the radio at all. Right. And so I hear it now, and I just like think it's boring. I don't like the way it sounds. Well, then, do you think our affection for new metal is is just because we lived through it, or I mean, I think I think it could be two things. Like I. <laughs> Like, I had such a good fucking time listening to these Biscuit albums. (laughs) And I didn't even listen to these albums at the time. I liked the singles at the time. But I don't think my mom let me bring a Limp Biscuit album into the home. No. This this was, you had to smuggle this shit. Yeah, but I do. I definitely remember loving Nookie and Roland uh, parentheses air raid vehicle. Sure. uh, At the time. But I do, I do. I do think that, like, new metal doesn't garner a lot of fans looking back. Do you know what I mean? Like, whereas, like, a band like Nirvana and even, like, Alice in Chains and stuff, like, they have people that are 14 years old now that like that music. Sure. And I'm sure that those those kids are around for Korn and Limp Bizkit and so on, but I think that's much less because I yeah. do think that this is super uh, 1998 <laughs> kind <laughs> well, of music. Corn, especially. I think Corn has a much broader appeal than. Yeah. I, I, I think we're going to talk about four bands this month, and I think Corn is like obviously the best. the best of them. Uh, yeah. Not like kind of no contest, really. Actually. I, I do. I do like this West Borland fellow, though. <laughs> I do gotta say I do I do actually really like him as a guitarist. Um, well, okay, so Limp Bizkit, uh <laughs> they're a pure Florida creation. <laughs> a redneck fucker from Jacksonville. Yep, <laughs> that's all you need. Can um, I can I, can I go into the names that Fred Durst was considering before he went with Limp Bizkit and yes, Wikipedia? All great. <laughs> yeah, it, it says. He was considering Gimp Disco, sure. Splick Dickslit, Splick. Bitch uh, Piglet, bitch. and Blood Fart. Yes. Uh, <laughs> it, Andrew, you could you could answer me this. Is there a gore grime band called Blood Fart? Uh, not that I know of, but I wouldn't. There's one. How is there not? <laughs> there's one called Anal Blast, which is well, pretty similar. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, I've heard of them. Yeah, but, but Blood uh, Fart, that should be a band, definitely. Yeah. It's, and, and people get on the name Limp Bizkit a lot, but, like, you don't get to get on the name, like, me especially. I'm not going to make fun of that name because my favorite band is the Butthole Surfers. And I know that the Butthole Surfers have cachet, and they're cool, and they're the best band ever. But, like, they're just as stupid. Yeah, absolutely. But, uh, okay, hold on, hold on. The butthole surfers may be stupid. Yes. But you can tell that they are smart people intentionally making stupid music. Whereas uh, Limp Biscuit, I don't know, man. I mean, Fred Durst is, an, is just he's an idiot. An idiot. He's, yeah. such, he's such an idiot. Caroline, you may remember this because it was on Vice, and I know you live on that shit. Um, <laughs> Well known for being a huge fan of Vice. Um, but 
uh, whenever Fred Durst, uh, it was his directorial debut, they did yes. an interview with him. And huh? the, inter the, the guy who was doing the interview was like, it's almost as if whenever you look back on Limp Biscuit, it almost seems like a satire of really obnoxious, aggressive masculinity. It's and Fred Durst was all, <laughs> I'm so glad you picked up on that. Because no. that's kind of what we were going for. And I don't it's believe not. that for a fucking I don't second. believe that for a goddamn Come on. Fred Durst. Fred Durst is wonderful because he is just an asshole. That guy. He yes. Is that guy. He has to fucking embrace that he is that guy and live it every day because uh, I was going to bring a story up anyway. I'm just going to bring it up now. Jeff, you know what I'm talking about. Mm. Uh, there was that book written by that lady. Uh, Karen Stefans, a.k.a. Superhead, but I'm not going to call her that. Oh, yes, that's yes. Degrading. I was going to bring up the quote. Yes, where she she and Fred Durst had a bit of a tryst, and um, he took her to P.F. Chang's, which is where classy people go, and he ordered, like, five different entrees for himself. He ate, <laughs> <laughs> he ate a little bit from each of them, and then he threw the rest of it away. And she was like, it turned me on. She was, <laughs> she was wet at P.F. Chang's looking at this guy waste food. And he also, oh, yeah. and he told her, and he had, he, had his, he had his dick out with his botched Prince Albert piercing, so Fred Durst is not pee right. Um, everybody needs to know this. <laughs> I'm, so, I'm sorry, sir, but you put it out a, there. This makes a lot of the lyrics on results may vary and make more sense. Keep going with the story. Yes. And <laughs> he told her, make me come and I'll marry you. And I just, <laughs> like, how hard could it possibly be? Like, well, make Fredders come. Yeah. Like, well, well, you know, he had a... um. Someone hacked his cell phone. There's there's a fuck video of Fred Durst floating around. Yeah, there is. Mm -hmm. Um, but have, wait. I heard, have you seen it? <laughs> I, <laughs> they... I haven't. <laughs> but did they, uh, did they get married? No. No. So I guess he didn't come. <laughs> yeah, he did. he I guess. I think he was lying, Andrew. He was he was lying to get this woman to have sex with him, Andrew. I I know. I know that you live. You live in a much more innocent place where where men don't do things like that. Well, but uh, Fred Durst, especially men like Fred Durst. You know, um, speaking of what a douchebag Fred Durst is, um, Please. Uh, it's 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 an interesting contrast actually with with the rest of the new metal scene because yeah. um, uh, new metal bands they tended to be sensitive. Like, well, not 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 even sensitive, just but like freaky, you know. Like John Davis is a weird looking dude who, you know, I, I guess sensitive. Yeah, they tend to be outcasty types. Oh yeah, well, whereas Jonathan, Jonathan Davis too, all of his lyrics are like very dark and about bullying and shit. Well, right, it's all about right. like shit that happened to him when he was <clears throat> right, right, right. He had a rough time. Right. Of it. It's introspective kind of music, whereas this is not. Right, no. and, and well, and just in terms of image, also, like right, a lot right. of them are, are gothy looking, you know, outcast and, types, and, within, and Fred Durst is all, yeah. you know, Limp Bizkit is all bros. Like, well, it's funny right. because even within his own band, I think Fred Durst uh, looks much douchier because Wes Borland <laughs> like does all of his dumb. Well, Wes Borland is the odd man out of Limp Bizkit. Right. Yeah. yeah. 
he's left a couple times too. Yeah. He yeah he he wanted to you know ranch out move on to greener pastures. Clearly, uh, they weren't that green because he just kept coming back. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, there there was a really good interview with Wes Borland actually um, mm-hmm. that I, I that was just from like last year. Um, I think Consequence of Sound wrote him up and um, probably he seems very self aware about like what Limp Bizkit is and how they're perceived. I think he would like, have to be because right. you can tell that you can tell that he's a guy that like thinks he's a guy that knows a lot about music and knows a lot about. Like, he's a really good and interesting guitarist. He has weird techniques and things like that. So this is a guy, like, he's he's gotta know. Mm-hmm. He says the same things about Fred Durst. Yeah. yeah. He says that Fred Durst is into a lot of, a lot of music that you would be surprised that Fred Durst would be into, which I'd love to know what those bands are. <laughs> Fred Durst loves current 93 <laughs> well, or like fucking uh like tara Fuki, those russian ch- cellists who do the weird avant folk stuff w- what if he's into them that'd Maybe be wonderful yeah he, it'd be wonderful and he loves <clears throat> like the dicks and you know really gay music yeah of course but like real gay not gay is an insult but like music by and for gay people right music you can proudly suck a dick to if you're a man. Andrew, yeah. <laughs> you, you could suck a dick to whatever kind of music you want. Oh, yeah. I got to tell you. It's just a matter of effort. Yeah. It's all um, there. <laughs> um, so, so I guess we should, we should get into these albums. Um, We've got to. You guys don't want to get into your histories with Lint Biscuit? Uh, well, I don't have much of one except basically what I've said that like they were just around in the fabric of culture when I was a kid and I lo- I fucking loved Roland. Correct. <laughs> like, air raid vehicle. I fucking yeah. loved it. I thought it was great. I thought that guitar riff was banging. Uh yeah, but did you guys was- think it was funny then? Yes, of course. It is a fu- it's a funny song. I mean, I, I think I thought it was funny, but I don't think I understood how like lame it was. You <laughs> yeah. know, like I, I I think like I genuinely found Fred Durst to be like a charismatic frontman when I was like eleven. You know, I didn't really I didn't really think of it that way. Weird time to be alive. <laughs> it was a weird time to be alive. But Lip Biscuit was like kind of off limits for me. Because they had parental advisory spheres on their album covers. And so my mom, weirdly enough, because I didn't have a lot of, uh, like, um, restrictions on what I was allowed to watch and listen to. But parental advisory stickers was, like, one of those things. Right, right. Even though my mom swore all the time. Uh, and so I wasn't, I wasn't allowed to listen to any of their albums. But I definitely remember them being a big part of like my pre-adolescence uh lincoln park was the new metal band i was pretty much allowed to listen to so they were my favorite band for a couple of years there right right because I-, I was kind of i was kind of looking from just looking at culture instead of participating in it like, yeah for a long time because yeah. not only that i didn't go to school or anything so like i didn't know people who thought Limp biscuit were like the coolest thing ever like 
I know so many people now who did think that at the time. Mm-hmm. And oh, yeah. I, I always thought Limp Biscuit were hilarious. They are. Like, I and whenever I was whenever I was like ten years old and hearing Roland, I'm like, this is the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life, but it's really, really good. But yeah. it's it's stupid. And I think for me too, like I think maybe because um Maybe because I was a girl, I didn't think it was serious. Like, I didn't think Fred Durst was cool because I didn't think he was cute. So, like, I didn't care about him uh, because that was the metric for me to care about a person in a, Just, in a musical group. Even now, it is still so strange to me that Fred Durst was ever considered, like, the epitome of cool, even though he clearly was at the time. <laughs> It's just, it's baffling that like whenever he blew up that boat on uh, TRL, people thought that was just the coolest shit that they had ever seen. Special. That was not on TRL. That was the thing oh, that sorry. was specially yeah, broadcast. That was the, yeah, that was that the total was blow request blow. live blow the boat barbecue. Yeah, that was TRL, but it was the blow the boat barbecue. <laughs> um. Yeah. I mean, I I wish I could say that. Uh. I had a well-developed enough sense of irony to know that Fred Durst was a huge douchebag when I was 11, but uh, I really didn't. I thought he was cool. Well, I don't, I don't even think it's a developed sense of irony. It's just, you know, I was completely divorced from what could have been cool and what couldn't have been. Mm. Like, yeah. I didn't really have much influence on it, I didn't, but it's just, it's so, but I, I can see why people thought that he was cool back then. <laughs> he, he had a cool hat. Yeah. <laughs> He uh, sounds like Adam Sandler, who was the biggest star at the time. He he sounds more like Adam Sandler than that guy from Galaxy 500 that sounds exactly like Adam Sandler. I remember I was in a Mexican restaurant with Jeff, and he just dropped that bombshell. I never made the Adam Sandler-Fred Durst connection until he... And I'm like, my mind was like, it was seriously blown. I'm like, holy shit. Well, yeah, yeah. Like <laughs> um, like at the beginning of Roland, for instance, when he goes like, <laughs> chocolate starfish. He, sound, he, he, <laughs> sounds, he sounds exactly like Adam Sandler going like, you got to take the penguin back to the zoo. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's, it's eerie, really. Like, uh, I feel like that's what he's going for. It's got to be. That is the greatest intro to any song I've ever <laughs> fucking heard in my life. I, I I could listen to that intro over and over and over again. Uh, but uh, I'll just talk briefly about my history with Limp Bizkit. Um, yeah. <laughs> look, Limp Bizkit takes me back, dude. Like, it just... <laughs> It's the first three albums. I mean, after Chocolate Starfish, I was done with them pretty much. But, <laughs> but, but like the first three albums, fucking three dollar bill, y'all. I am transported to my friend Jesse's basement, playing fucking Sega Saturn, like eating pizza, yeah. fucking uh, like I. It just really brings it back for me. It's it's right, right. it's fuzzy and warm and nostalgic <laughs> for me in in a big way. And and right. Chocolate Starfish, like. Uh, that album was huge, first of all. Uh, oh, everywhere. And, and here's the thing: like, I I wasn't allowed to own Limp Bizkit albums either because of the parental advisory. Um, but I remember like uh, Chocolate Starfish. Um, you know, it seemed like everyone had it, but like <laughs> half of my friends had like the Walmart version that was edited. You know, 
and and half of them had half of them had the uncensored version because their parents didn't give a shit uh and like whenever we'd go on field trips like you know everyone was trying to like borrow the uncensored versions of fucking chocolate starfish <laughs> to like listen on their portable cd players and shit that, that's really beautiful it, that's it, nice it, it's a social music it was it, it was huge dude like everyone i yeah. knew fucking loved chocolate starfish <laughs> and the hot dog flavored water as they should uh, they still should they were king shit man um and so like <laughs> i <laughs> so i i just um both of you seem to be pretty enthusiastic about limp biscuit uh in, 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 yeah. in 2016 yeah uh, i i'm not as convinced that they were actually a good band as, uh, <laughs> as you seem to be andrew they're a fun band <laughs> they are <laughs> i mean I, in small doses though i mean God, Chocolate Starfish is 75 minutes long. That is true. Uh, I mean, and and I look, mean, they're they're pretty formulaic, also. Like oh there yeah. there are two Limp Bizkit songs essentially, like the hard one and the soft one. Well, until the results may vary. <laughs> well, <laughs> that a lot. we'll get but, we'll get there. Uh, right, but uh, but Limp Bizkit is a great band because they are so like. It's the silliest music you could ever possibly think of, and they're not and they're not doing it to be silly. They thought this was the coolest shit you could ever do, and I love that. I, they yeah, go. They could say whatever they want now, but back then, they were in they, this. Yes, and I love that they completely go for. It. I love music that you can. There's there's this. I can't really quantify how, but you can just tell that. This is what they are. They are going full in on this, and it's like it's beautiful. It's wonderful. Well, um, you know, I I said before about how new metal is is noise rock played by idiots, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, it's it's sort of interesting to look back though, and and think like new metal in general is probably like the ugliest music to have ever been commercially successful. Yeah, and that was what was so interesting for me to look back. Like, a few years ago, I really started thinking about new Metal and what it was, and being like, a lot of this music was fucking weird. Yeah. Like, and it was weird that it was as big as it was. It was. Because yeah. of, like, how, re- how truly bizarre and, like, not melodic that that music is and and i think i can see like how my eventual love of like feedback and noise and just like detuned guitars and shit like yeah directly from it stems yeah from my early like love of new metal from when i was like 10 and 11 and shit um so you know i i guess i have new metal to thank Uh, like i said this shit is you should this shit is part of my psyche forever like i'm i'm going to be 50 and like i'm gonna just randomly think i did it all for the nookie occasionally you know (laughs) like there's just no escaping it from this point on like it's a part of me i think Uh, this music's gonna come back though i think that (laughs) i think historical revisionism maybe in 10 years is gonna be very nice to this kind of music i don't know no but what i think it's gonna be is i think it's gonna be similar again to what happened to hair metal where it has its defenders and a lot of those people go on reunion tours that are really successful but i don't know that people are really gonna look back at this 
and think it was good the way that people did with like disco. Mm. No, yeah, I, I, I mean, hair metal still hasn't really like gained any kind of cachet with with like critical revisionists. Right, except Chuck Klosterman, but like that guy's an idiot. So. Right. I guess it de- well. I guess it depends on what you're into because I, I know a lot of hair metal apologists who weren't even around for hair metal. Yeah, one of my one of my good friends, like my last two years of high school, his favorite band was Bon Jovi, and he had like he had like a hard drive filled with John Bon Jovi like bootlegs. Of course, why not? Uh, yeah, he was very into hair metal, but that's really the only person that I've ever known that was like really, really legitimately into that music. And then everybody else is kind of like, yeah, you know, like it was, it was after me, and so I don't really like it. Um, well, should should we talk about these albums then? Let's dive right in. All right, so Three we're starting Billy, off. Y'all. With 1997's Three Dollar Bill, y'all, which Isn't um, it y'all's because it has the little cash sign. <laughs> I don't think. I don't think that. I, I that, think that's just there to reinforce the notion of the dollar bill. Yeah, I don't think that that is pronounced out loud. <laughs> well, I'm I'm calling it Three Dollar Bill, y'all's. All right, you can do that. Yeah. Um. Uh. I. Uh, so apparently, this came out in 1997, but I'm pretty sure I didn't hear it until like late 98 mm. or around there because i i actually remember vividly uh seeing limp biscuit for the first time uh which was the faith video on mtv sure yeah. um who could forget which you know uh usually if your first single is a cover that's like doom yeah, Especially like Al- George Michaels. <laughs> well, there's Alien Ant Farm. You yeah. never heard anything out of them. No, no, indeed. They had uh, a couple singles off that uh, off that album. Though. There was Pearl Jam, whose first single was that Last Kiss cover, and no one ever heard of them again. Yep. Um, there was uh, the Cure, who covered that 311 song. <laughs> Hell yeah, the one where they're all we 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 we. <laughs> that's the one yeah great fucking song um but yeah uh i remember seeing the faith cover on mtv and and just being again like it's sort of transfixed by how like ugly it was mm-hmm. like just the chorus was just him like screaming his lungs out uh and thinking it was kind of cool and uh this album sounds really good you know, it's it's interesting because this album sounds a lot rawer than, yeah, like, yeah, the, than the later stuff. Um, and that is a, one of the thing, one of the problems that I do have with new metal, and one of the one of the reasons why I think that a lot of people don't like it is that most of those records are so fucking compressed. Yeah, that they that they do sound kind of like mush. Where this one doesn't mm-hmm. really. This sounds like a real band playing. Yeah, like it's not like I think probably my favorite uh produced record or engineered record, I'm sorry, is Goat by the Jesus Lizard. I know that's c- probably a cliche choice or whatever, but like that sounds like that is an album that has space in the sound of it. Whereas uh an album like Chocolate Starfish has no space or breathing room at all. Right. Uh, no, you're being suffocated by the chocolate starfish. <laughs> you're drowning in the hot dog flavored water. That's right. Oh, that's oh god. <laughs> that was that was an aesthetic choice. Mm. Okay, just because you don't get it, don't don't eat on it. 
I'm just, I'm just discuss, I'm just discussing. But this one does <laughs> sound like a real band. And uh, Jeff said that there's two Limp Biscuits. There's not two Limp Biscuits on this album. There is one Limp Biscuit. <laughs> this is one song over and over again. But it doesn't matter because this fucking rules. <laughs> Like, I get really fucking pumped up listening to, like, Pollution, Nobody Hearts Me because it's a little heart instead of love, which I think is wonderful. Um, yeah, even the fucking George Michael cover, it's like, hell, it's this music gets you pumped up. It's simple music, it's dumb music, but it's like, you can't not hear this and want to just, like, bounce off the walls and go crazy. I, I, I think this is their best album. Uh, really? Yes, wow. I do. I don't. I actually don't agree. No. I do, I don't. But this this is. A, I think this is a great. But movie. I respect the choice. <laughs> I mean, yes. I I think this is the album that probably comes closest to uh being respectable. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's their most consistent I come, record. I don't yeah. come to Limp Bizkit for, to feel respectable. Right. I get what. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I understand. I don't come to Limp Bizkit to be respected to, as to be a, a man woman of class. <laughs> To be respected <laughs> as a woman and a human. Right, right. And you're not wearing sexual. You're not wearing your monocle listening to Limp Biscuit, right? <laughs> but uh, it's their most consistent record, certainly. Like this is, you can't really pick any stinkers out of these because they're all the same fucking song. Yeah, it's so great. If you, if you like that song, you're meant for a treat. Like that <laughs> You're gonna love this album. How fucking great is Pollution, though? It's so good. Roll, Pollution man. is goddamn awesome. <laughs> Hell like, yeah! Crank that so shit good. up loud. <laughs> like you guys, like I know that so many of you guys. I, I don't want this whole album to be a apo- this whole episode to be like apologizing for this, but like, dude, just go in with an open mind. Like if you like, you know, unsane. And big black and like all and cool bands, just listen to this shit. Come on, listen to fucking stalemate and tell us that that doesn't fucking rule. Yeah, <laughs> yeah or, dude. Or fucking like, uh... counterfeit man. Hell those, yeah, those fucking like harmonics. It's <laughs> just nasty, just grimy ass music. Mm-hmm. That it's was great. A, that was a song calling out there all the copycat limp biscuits too. <laughs> Fuck yeah. <laughs> Well, you know, um, Counterfeit's a good example of, of Fred Durst's stupidity. Yeah. Um, because. <laughs> well, there's that line, you wore a mask called Counterfeit. <laughs> and it's like, that's. He that's it a, over and over again. Well, well, the thing is, like, <laughs> you know, that he's doubling his metaphor there. Like, right. you know, he wore a mask or he is counterfeit. You wore a mask <laughs> called Counterfeit? Like, that's. <laughs> That's dumb as shit. Even you wore a counterfeit mask. Like, <laughs> I love it. Well, well, right, but you know the idea of like he wears a mask, like he is fake. Yeah. He's counterfeit. He is fake. Like you don't wear a mask called counter. That's stupid. Yeah, it is. It, it's very stupid. God damn, it, Fred. Dur- Fred Dur- I love Is a stupid, stupid man. <laughs> I like, love. He tries insists- to be cool now. I love that he insists on taking all the credit for the lyrics on these Limp Bizkit. <laughs> Yeah, I I so well, who else could this have possibly come from? I, mean, like, I just like that. He reads the shit and he's like, no, none of you other guys, you don't get any of this credit. This is all me. <laughs> I mean, it, he, it, it's a, it comes from a singular creative mind. I mean, it's like, you know, 
it's a real yeah, auteur. Fred Durst is an auteur, for sure. <laughs> um, Have and, either of you seen uh, either of those two movies that he directed? No. That people, will that... T- that people will tell you are, like, sort of okay? No, I Isn't one of them, like, based on a true story of, like, uh, a black baseball player or something? I'm pretty sure that's one of them. Maybe. It's, There's it's one called... The education of Charlie Banks that has Jesse Eisenberg in it. No, no, this one's one with Ice Cube. Is it called The Long Shots? Yes, yes, that's it, yeah. Yep. It's based on a true story and everything, too. Yeah, and it does have Ice Cube in it, you're right. <laughs> Hell yeah. It's about uh, first female to participate in the Pop Warner football tournament. Still, that, that, that's an interesting... The first is not a misogynist. <laughs> Uh, they cover. Uh, they've covered like every new metal band. They've covered uh, "Wicked" by Ice Cube too. It's bootleg stuff, though. <laughs> I have the biscuit boots. They they, they, uh, they covered uh, "Jump Around" on the mm-hmm. Family Values tour CD. Well, DJ Lethal was in the band, and he didn't he produce produce that. Assuming we're talking about the same song, I might by be thinking House of Pain. Song. Yes, DJ Lethal was in House of Pain. What? Yeah, DJ Lethal was in House of Pain. Holy fuck, how did I not know this? Yeah, he's on that record. <clears throat> well, yeah, I know he's it's on. True. <laughs> it's it's true. No, no, he, he's on the album that has the House of Pain album. Yes, the House of Pain record. Holy shit. Yeah. I did not know that this which entire means, time. Which means, uh, <laughs> for doing a six degrees of separation, that means that DJ Lethal was, in a way, in Mrs. Doubtfire. <laughs> Kick ass. That's yeah. a beautiful connection. <laughs> Thank you. Um, was DJ Lee in the band at this point? Yeah, yeah, he was. Oh, okay, okay. He was he was for like the whole ride of the original <clears throat> Yeah. Okay, okay. You know, of the, of the of the, the three Let's good go. albums. Oh. <laughs> uh, but you, it, it's hard to really talk about the individual songs on this because yeah. they are all so fucking similar. Right. Yeah. They're they're pretty similar. <clears throat> um But they're great. Uh yeah and and uh, see like I I want to defend Limp Biscuit but it is just really goddamn stupid music like it just listen to Fred Durst you don't have to defend and, like, it like you don't have to defend it like yes it's fucking stupid but and I think especially if you're of a certain age like if you're between the ages of like probably twenty five and thirty then like. You can't deny it. <laughs> can't oh, no. deny the visceral power of this kind of music. Dude, right. You... I mean, th- this isn't much. This isn't much dumber than like brain bombs or something. And people love brain bombs. <laughs> that, that's the thing too. Is that a lot of bands that are cool that people like. A lot of bands that I like are fucking stupid. Too. Yeah, but but again, it's just a different but again, way. but again, the distinction there is that you don't necessarily think the people that make the music are stupid. You don't think the people in Brain Bombs are stupid? Well, Brain Bombs maybe, but... <laughs> Those guys talking are about like a, a lot of Those noise rock Norwegian bands. assholes. Like, I don't think Gibby Haynes is a stupid man, whereas uh, I would probably assume that Fred Durst is pretty stupid. I would think Gibby... I think Gibby Haynes is pretty stupid. Yeah? Yeah, I, I don't know about the other guys in the Butthole Surfers, but Gibby Haynes, probably. Gibby Haynes seems like a stupid man. God bless him, but... 
he seems pretty dumb. I'll point out one musical detail I like on here. Uh, yes. Going back to counterfeit, I I love the organs that come in during the verses. Hell yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Uh-huh. When that like organ breaks in, I'm just like, oh shit, yeah. Hey man, wake up and smell the concrete. Strange to see you change like the LB. Could be identity crisis, but I can't buy this. Reality bites, but that's what life is. I do love organs. That's true. <laughs> that's why you like Stereo Lab. I am on record. Yes, Stereo Lab. Fucking Sebastian Bach over here. <laughs> you know, do, Sebastian do you think Bach... Limp Biscuit is better than Stereo Lab, Andrew? Um, I've definitely listened to Limp Biscuit more than Stereo Lab. <laughs> um, whether or not they're better, I mean, it's apples and oranges. Mm. I'll say they are because that's fun to say. It's fun to say Limp Biscuit <laughs> are better than Stereo Lab, <laughs> isn't it? It's fun to say. It is. I, I don't really care about Stereo. I have more fun listening. I, I like Stereo Lab a lot. I do have more fun listening to Limp Bizkit than I do listening to Stereo Lab. But that's true of a lot of bands. What do Limp you guys uh, are so much fun? What do you guys think of the Faith cover? I think it's good. It's very good, especially I, considering I don't really like you know the original song. I think mm. this is great. It, <laughs> You know what? You know what I don't like? I I don't like when people do this. Uh, so uh, if you want to make me happy, don't do this. I don't like that he changed the lyrics to make them a little less gay. <laughs> what uh? There's what uh, there's a line uh something he changed it from got a body like you to got a body like mine. Hmm. But then he didn't change the rhyme scheme at all, so it just doesn't rhyme for this one line. It's not. It's Fred fucking Durst. He doesn't need to. I thought maybe you were talking about when he goes, Get the fuck up! (laughs) Yeah, this shit isn't gay. That does does sort of feel like a guy like really asserting his heterosexuality over this piece of art by a gay man. (laughs) You know what's kind of cool, actually, is I I like the last track. It's Oh, it's it's an improv. They just yeah. dicking around in the studio. Yeah. It's great. It's Fuck just yeah. kind of them jamming. And, like, you, you can hear that they have, like, they're a proficient musical outfit. Like, yeah. Uh, I mean, it's good. It's good stuff. All it needs is some, like, nonsense scat, which we expect from all new metal. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, uh, I don't know. Like, I could actually conceivably see myself listening to this album from beginning to end. Uh Whereas I don't know if I would say that about any of their other albums. Right. It's a consistent uh, experience. Right. Maybe Chocolate Starfish just for nostalgia kicks, but uh <laughs> but but this I, I think this is their best album. Sure. Um it's got which, stink finger. It does have stink finger. 
That's a great song, too. It's also got Indigo Flow, where he shouts out Corn. Corn is responsible for bringing Limp Biscuit into the world, by the way. Absolutely, so yes, they are. like Corn is more respectable. <laughs> people will try to do that now. Oh, yeah. Especially with Corn and the Deftones and System of a Down to an extent. They'll be like, oh, yeah. this is new metal that is like. Like, sm- these are the good. Yeah, no, like they're not smart new metal. They're, no, they're on the same tier because because well, new metal isn't smart music, and I think that we, you need to embrace that. Some music yeah. is stupid, and some music is stupid in a way that is glorious. Well, people will argue about whether System of a Down is new metal at all. Yeah, um, which a lot of people the they'll call it alt metal and not new metal. Um, which is we're not doing System of a Down. Uh, just spoiler. Yeah. Um, if 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 I considered them new metal, I probably would do them because I love System of a Down. Dude, uh, can, can I? The first System of a Down record is like I know you said Queens of the Stone Age are like the last good mainstream rock band. That's probably the last really great mainstream rock album. Mm. Is the self-titled System of a Down? What about Toxicity? I love Toxicity too, but it's nowhere near as consistent as the self-titled. No oh, fair near. enough. Uh, we're also not doing the Deftones just because uh, Andrew Fuck doesn't them. like them. Fuck the Deftones. <laughs> I've never listened to them. Honestly, I, I think they're pretty bland. Uh, yeah, they are. Like, they're new metal with all the fun sucked out. Exactly, and that's why people well, love it. That's that why people are like, oh, yeah, White Pony, great fucking record. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> Listen to real shit like $3 Bill Yachts. <laughs> Sorry, just you calling it y'alls is cracking me up. <laughs> All right, uh, should we oh. talk? Should, should we talk about Significant Other then? Their best record. You think this is their best record? I think Significant Other is their best record. It's really good. <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, come on, it's got Nookie, which, let's be real, Nookie fucking rules. Nookie is on. It's got break stuff, which is it's even got better. Break stuff. Fuck yeah. It's got I'm Broke, which they recorded for $3 bill, y'alls, but did it here, and it, it's like, fuck yeah, it's got, uh, I think, like, I don't know why, I really, really like A Lesson Learned. I love that song. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's got the song with Method Man, which, you know, is honestly maybe one of the worst ones on the record. Because yeah. there's no loud fucking guitars just going, bow, wow, wow, Yeah, it, well, it sounds good, like it's trying to be a Method Man song. Mm. Like, right. it sounds like it's supposed to be on a mid-90s, like, hip-hop record, and so it doesn't fit very well. Yeah, but, I mean, it's all right, but it's, like, yeah. I think, uh, if I remember, I think that it's produced by, uh, or has a sample of by DJ Premier. Yeah, yeah. It, it does. Is, it is a DJ Premier beat, which is hilarious yeah. that, like... <laughs> Rappers took Limp Biscuit seriously enough to like. We should. We need to get Fred Durst a DJ Premier beat. Well, I mean, you know, that's just like uh, what uh, all the uh, like. There's a lot of uh, hip hop heads who are down with uh, ICP who you wouldn't expect. <laughs> yes, that's true. Like Coolio is a, is a, an affirmed juggalo and has a hatchet man tattoo. ODB was a fan of mm-hmm. ICP. People, yeah, people like them. You know, it's it's a. Uh... Oh, go ahead, Andrew. I'm just saying, ICP, they're worth checking out. You've continued your thought. Um, it's it's worth pointing out. Uh, 
the kind of synergy and the fan bases uh, between these new metal bands and um, like white rappers at the time, <laughs> uh, like Eminem. I mean, everyone that liked Limp Bizkit also liked Eminem. I sure as right. fuck did. Sure. Uh, and, yeah. and Kid Rock too. Uh, I I was I was you know. In between Limp Bizkit, I was throwing on Devil Without a Cause. Hell yeah! Uh, how, how do you guys feel about Devil Without a Cause? I haven't listened right to now, it in or... yes, years, now. So. Now. Uh, I haven't listened to it in forever either, but my mom had it, and uh, we used to listen to it constantly. <laughs> Dude, Bob uh, and was... and Cowboy, those are great songs. There <laughs> is an edited video that's the opening of Manhattan, the Woody Allen movie, but the music, instead of being Rhapsody of Blue, it's Bob with a ball. That's awesome. I've That's... ever seen. I, it's I, so good. And it works perfectly. <laughs> it's so good. That's that amazing. It's fucking oh, amazing. I will say, um, I did Ba with the Ba at karaoke like a few weeks ago. Uh, and it, it was a big hit. I'll, I'll just say that. And the fucking beginning of Ba with the Ba with the my name is kid like yeah that shit gets me hype i'm not gonna lie of course it does like that's gotta be an awesome way to start like a live show off oh fuck yeah like you know the crowd is gonna lose their shit when that goes off like the trajectory of kid rock is kind of interesting yeah now he's a big trump supporter That doesn't surprise me. No, it, no, it doesn't surprise me either. Because I think that that matches the trajectory of like a lot of that, like those kinds of guys, mm-hmm. like yeah. kind of like those kinds of like white guys that you knew in high school that were really into hip hop, and then all of a sudden they became like massive racists. Yeah. <laughs> well, just like uh, Fred Durst is a huge fan of Vladimir Putin. That's true. That what? was really weird. He fucking yeah. loves Vladimir Putin. He wanted to get like Crimean citizenship, and he yeah. said he thought that Vladimir Putin is a great guy. Weird. Which who who else did it? LL Cool. Who went to? Um, it wasn't LL Cool. It was somebody actually relevant. Who? Uh, no, it was it was Dennis Rodman. What am I saying? Yeah, Dennis I Rodman saying, went to North Dennis, Korea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's not relevant at all. That made him. Yeah, relevant. I know. That, yeah, I know. That. <laughs> I thought that Dennis Rodman was relevant in 2016 because he's not. Dennis, Dennis Rodman's fucking crazy though, so it's not out of character for him. Right. Sure. <clears throat> um. But yeah. Anyway, significant other. Uh. So obviously you you got Nookie here. Uh, of Which fucking rules that run. Nookie into breaks up into rearrange into I'm broke. <laughs> Fuck just you. like this, just and... like this too, man. Just yeah. like this fucking rules. I know, but Nookie, oh God, I fucking love Nookie and break stuff so much. <laughs> and Nookie's another example of just like the profound idiocy of of Fred Durst. Because oh, hell, yeah. I mean, come on, the like you can take that cookie line. Like, there's <laughs> there's no reason for that other than that it rhymes with Nookie. And right. stick it up your yeah. Stick it up your yeah. yeah! <laughs> See, that, that's the thing. Whenever I was a kid, hearing this completely devoid of whether knowing if it was cool or not, it's fucking hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Would you like to hear uh, Fred Durst's thoughts about the lyrics of Nookie and why he wrote it? Yes. I'm sure you could guess, but this is a direct quote from him from um, from an MTV interview. It's about my ex-girlfriend, how she treated me like shit, and I couldn't leave her, wouldn't get over it. 
She screwed my friends and used me for my money. I tried to figure out why I did it. And I figured I did it all for the nookie. <laughs> Profound. <laughs> Is it the same girlfriend who he wrote uh, that song Sour about on the previous album? Probably. So many Limp Bizkit songs. It's like Kiss. Like So many Limp Bizkit songs <laughs> are just about Fred Durst. Like, like some girl. Like some chick treating him like shit. It's like the Buzzcocks. Like all of these songs are about like romantic failure. It is true. It's true. Fred Durst is a very sensitive young man. Yeah. This, this is better than the Buzzcocks though, right? <laughs> this is oh, better than the Buzzcocks. Oh, yeah. Don't, don't even fucking worry about can, it. Can, can we take the Buzzcocks down a peg? Because they're like third tier punk rock. Uh, I, I really, good. I really like the Buzzcocks. They're fucking thirteen. You know, Andrew. You know why I like the Buzzcocks so much? Because <clears throat> why do you like? Because that d- Pete Shelley is that the dude from the Buzzcocks? Yeah, that's that guy. That guy is bisexual. You could hear it in his music. I guess, but it's fucking boring, especially <laughs> compared to all the other poppy punk bands that were around in the seventies and eighties. Yeah, they weren't as gay. Most of them. Well, right. I mean, you have a band like The Descendants, which are the exact opposite of that, but they're yeah. also way they're also way fucking better. So I mean, yeah. see, I think The Descendants are overrated, personally. Yeah, oh, dude, Milo goes to college is a fucking perfect album. Yeah. Come on, I don't know. I already went to college. I don't need to listen to it now. <laughs> fucking amateurs over here. Yeah. Um, I, I, I want to bring up break stuff also. Of course. Oh, yeah. Um, fucking chainsaw. <laughs> I will say that the best part of the song is like the break toward the end. It's like, a pack of chainsaw. Hell yeah. A chainsaw. A motherfucking chainsaw. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, come on. Shit. Honestly, I, I don't think it's one of the better limp singles uh, for the most part. It is like one of the funniest. Um, yeah. but I think like, that's why I love it so much. But like you know, musically it's really simple. It's just those like two chords that bow out, and then you know the chorus is bow out, bow out, bow. Like Hell, I, yeah, it, I it's really cool. heavy though. That's so a good pretty. riff though, dude. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah! Sorry, right. Boris like, did this from sustained it for like um you know each chord for two minutes. You'd love it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but Boris aren't idiots. That's true. You don't know. <laughs> I Have feel like they're they're probably not. Hey, it's my guess. I feel like we're projecting a lot on about anything. No, she, you know what? Probably because she's really stupid. She's trying to cover it up. <laughs> she can't even speak English. <laughs> I actually don't know if that's true. No, nah, I, I think Atsuo is the only one that speaks English in the band. I think he. Or I, fluently. Yeah, I think he's the only one that like feels okay. Because a lot of people. Like that, do from other countries that do speak English are like so self conscious about it, even if their English is good. That, um, that's, you see that with a lot of like baseball players, like that have been in the US for like 20 years, they still have translators, and a lot of that is they just like don't want to screw up, right? But I love how much we're projecting on this podcast because we don't know any of these people, we don't know if any of them are smart or that's stupid. what this podcast is about. It's where I make personal judgments about people based on the music that they've created. Yep, <laughs> right? Uh, like, uh, honestly, put it, like, put it on a t shirt and take it to the bank. Like, if these were real people I was talking about, then I would be a huge asshole. Yep, yeah, but obviously, they're not real, right? They're fictional no. creations, yes. 
They're uh, all just images in our head. Right. Um, and then there's Rearranged, which um, I like Rearranged a lot. Rearranged I, is great. I, I think it's, it's a great. really good song. It's a genuinely really good song. Mm-hmm. And the guitar playing on it is really pretty. Yeah. Like, uh, Wes Borland's like little filigrees on, on the chorus, you know, that you don't understand when. And Wes Borland is doing the like, yeah. like that's good. Like, yes. That is a good riff. Come on. West Borland right now. Yeah, that's kind of the party line on Limp Biscuit, I think, is that like West Borland was the true talent in Limp Biscuit and that like uh you He's know, the Johnny that, Marr of the band. Right. <laughs> exactly. He, he is exactly the Johnny Marr of the band. Right. The to Fred Durst Morrissey. Right. Yes. <laughs> that's a perfect analogy. Fred Durst is the Morrissey of our generation. Yep. I mean it's true. I mean kind of. You can make all, all he spoke to his parents. generation's angst. That's yeah. right. You can make some very good parallels. Mm-hmm. This, the Limp Biscuit are the Smiths of like the nineties mm-hmm. slash two thousands. Only much better. Only much yes, better. undoubtedly yes. <laughs> undoubtedly much. What, what are some other bands that Limp Biscuit is better than, Andrew? <laughs> They'll come up, I'm sure. But <laughs> okay. uh, the Beatles, the Rolling Stones. <laughs> Um, God, what else? Joanne Sebastian Bach, <laughs> like the composer. He's not a band, but you know, right, right. He, he's dead now. Who gives a shit? Sure. Like, come on, yeah, you know so who's smart. still alive? He's dead. But Fred Durst. <laughs> Fred Durst is still fucking alive. Fred Durst is alive. Bach is dead. So you tell me who's better. Yeah, Bach is dead. I mean, at least Bach tried. <laughs> what if uh, the residents wrote a song about Fred Durst? Because they wrote I, a song about Bach. I'm surprised that that the residents didn't try to cover Limp Biscuit whenever they were relevant because they're always covering artists and shit. I would have loved to hear a residents version of like Rollin'. God, that would be so good. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, and Rollin', 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 Rollin'. rollin'. Yeah, Rollin', Rollin'. Nineteen ninety nine. That's a great fucking song. Mm-hmm. Uh, trust with the question mark. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no sex featuring Aaron Lewis of Stained. Featuring Stained Man. <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah. And then it rounds out with uh, 
a lesson learned, which is, I think, a really, really good song, and it sounds kind of strange, and I really like it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then there's a little spoken word bit from Matt Penfield at the end. Yeah, what the fuck is that? Where he's all like, you and your fucking boy bands, this is real music. Lit <laughs> biscuit. Right. Yep. Les Claypool's on it, too. Yes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Les Claypool's he... kind of an idiot. <laughs> Oh yeah, Les Claypool's a fucking idiot. But sure. I, I like, I got love for Primus though. Oh yeah, but he's a fucking moron. Like dog, trust me, I have love for Primus. I was I was learning how to play bass when I was in high school. I I went through a bit of a Primus thing. Primus is a good band. Yeah, all of I think all the out the outro to this and the next uh, album they're way too long. But yeah. I, Outros though they're they're just the dumbest shit. Well, they're not even outros. They're just like they're people, just people talking. talking. <laughs> well, they are listed on on everything that I have as outros, and yeah, it's beautiful, yeah. right? But, <laughs> but yeah. Um. So should we talk about uh my favorite? <laughs> their magnum opus. Their magnum opus. I would not disagree with that. I prefer significant other, but I would not disagree that. This is their magnum opus. I mean, it honestly, this is everything that they're about. This is like their defining moment. All right. Uh, to, to introduce this album, can somebody please quote the first words heard in Hot Dog, please? Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> introducing the Chocolate Starfish <laughs> and the Hot Dog Flavored Water. I Bring it on! <laughs> hot dog. I could listen to Hot Dog all day. Remember that time you first heard a lyric from Hot Dog, Carol? Yes, I do. Uh, I was uh, me and Andrew and Jeffrey and all of our buddies. We were hanging out. It was Christmas time. I was a little fucked up. Uh, I don't do that stuff anymore, but I did it at the time, and. I had never heard Hot Dog before because, again, I didn't own a Limp Bizkit album. And all of a sudden, Jeff, out of nowhere, he starts going, fucked up, man. Everybody's judged by the fucked up face. Fucked up. And I I thought he had created it. And I was amazed. I thought it was the greatest thing. If only, Caroline. Greatest thing I'd ever heard. I was so impressed. <laughs> and then he told me it was a Limp Biscuit song. And like you'd think in that situation that I would be disappointed, but that just made it better. <laughs> that there was this wonderful song out there that was just waiting for me to experience it. And it was just as good as I had hoped. I- I've seen. I, I've seen Jeff embody two different people while I'm fucked up, and it's Bjork and Fred Durst. Yep. <laughs> I did embody Bjork one time. They're married in drugs. heaven. Yeah, it was uh, Hunter, right? That was great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but or, yeah. No, it was yoga. It was... Oh, yoga. That, yeah. Yoga. Uh, that's great. Anyway. Well, we're not talking about yoga. We're talking about the much superior hot dog. Artist. Another artist that Fred Durst is better than. Yes, Bjork. Uh, <laughs> this album is a fucking blast. Yeah, this <laughs> album is so much fucking fun. Yeah, I mean, 
You got Fred Durst saying chocolate starfish like four different times on this he does. He says chocolate starfish <laughs> so many times on this album. He says hot four times, but 46 and, times in hot dog alone. Dude, I, I found on, on songmeanings.com there was a bunch of people commenting on the lyrics for hot dogs like, uh, he only he only says like forty fucks. It's not actually forty two. Fred Durst is a fucking moron. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that song does have the immortal line. If I say fuck two more times, that's forty six fucks in this fucked up rhyme. And <clears throat> and it's got living it up where the intro is. This goes out to Ben Stiller. You're my favorite <laughs> motherfucker. Why? Why does it go out to Ben Stiller? Do you know I mean, why? He shows up on the outro. No, I know I'm that, serious. But... I'm serious. Do you know why? why? It's because Wes Borland looks like Ben Stiller. Really? No, he, he was in the Roland video. That's why. Oh, was he? Yeah. Oh, I don't hey, remember that. Hey, Red Cap, do me a favor. Watch it for me. Now this, this Red Cap gets a rap from these critics. Hell yeah. Uh, <laughs> and... Uh, God, what else? Uh, My Generation. Oh, sure. Uh, Fantastic. That was the first single off of this record. I, sure. I remember it quite well. And, God, I this this is the album of theirs I've listened to the most times. Of course! I, I, I pretty know this pretty well, <laughs> all of it. Um, like, it's, it's to the point where, like, if someone says the words navigation system, I immediately think, with the starfish navigation system. <laughs> Like, it's, you know, this is what I'm talking about with, like, this shit is in my brain forever. Like, it's never leaving. Guys, That's... guys, I had not listened to this entire album until this week. And this album fucking rules so much that I listened to it, like, three times. <laughs> starfish navigation system. With the starfish navigation system. And, uh... This has the line about seeing Fight Club 28 yes, times. Yes, yes. <laughs> no man, I've seen the Fight Club about 28 times. Yeah. Like, of course you have. Of course you of have. Of course. Like, uh, that's, this is so of a time and place. Right. <laughs> and he, ma- got- he makes references to Fred Durst on, on the later albums, too. He goes like, I'm the new Fred, I'm the new Tyler Durtner. Or not Fred Durst. He makes <laughs> references to Tyler Durst. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he creates a character for him. So. Right, right. What if there was a movie where Edward Norton was, was Fred Durst? Like, yeah, it was Fred Durst the whole <laughs> time. And there was all this. Like, <laughs> it was just like this homoerotic, like, you know, wanting to be Fred Durst. Like Fred Durst. He's like, you're not your fucking khakis. You're not your job. It'd be awesome. Yeah, you're just a you're just a totally cool dude that likes to get you know stripped down and oiled up to beat the shit out of other dudes. <laughs> We've all been there. That's uh, his way, and he's gonna do things his way because it's his way. Or the highway. That's right, my way. That's a fucking song. You know, I I actually do Relic. think uh, this album has some of Wes Borland's prettiest guitar work. Yeah, um, like like the the intro. For my way, for instance, like that's oh, actually yeah. a really like nice like atmospheric riff, you know. Like, yeah. Um, and and on living it up, I I love the riff on living it up. Oh like, yeah, the verses like it's beautiful. Yeah. Dedicated to you, Ben Stiller. 
you are my favorite motherfucker. I told you, didn't I? Drama makes the world go around. Does anybody got a problem with that? Yeah, my business is my business. Who's guilty? Can I get a witness? First things first, the chocolate's off vicious. My man Fred Durst access Hollywood license to kill a redneck fucker from Jacksonville. Bringing on the dumb stuff funk. A microphone machete's in the back of my trunk. Rockin' so steady with the he says, she says. And don't forget about the starfish navigation system. Don't hate me, I'm just an alien with 37 tons of new millennium. Dumb diddy dumb, where's it coming from? Mrs. Aguilera, come and get some. Way to go to the dance floor, it's the most stereo. Pay me no mind. I seen the fight club about 28 times, and I'ma keep my pants sagging, keep a skateboard, a spray can for the tagging, and I'ma keep a lot of girls on my bandwagon, cause I don't give a fuck. Living life in the fast lane. is hilarious man there's just like that that song alone has just like enough great lines that, the sample that... for life in the fast lane <laughs> <laughs> uh, a sample life in the fast lane yeah. dude I, here's here's a fun drinking game that you can play with this album anytime fred durst makes a reference to himself or someone or anyone else not giving a fuck take a shot <laughs> the ladies and the it and whenever he says the word starfish, <laughs> yeah. I think this album has more instances of the word starfish than any fucking album that has ever been recorded. Like, you know what, you know what album you would think would have a lot of references to starfish would be like the mollusk. <laughs> Not right. so. Or uh, octopus or something. Like yeah. Temple Jump. That's a Talk great starfish album. Starfish is my man Fred Durst. <laughs> Uh, it's got Boiler, which is seven minutes long. Yeah. Maybe yep. their magnum opus. That's got an Evo on it. <laughs> Hell yeah. So, uh, uh, you know, Limp Bizkit and Boris, not so different. Yeah. Now are they? <laughs> we already established that whenever we compared. Uh, the, the to- there's two token rap songs on this one. One of them has Exhibit, which that's cool. Yeah. And uh, yeah, the other one has... Right exhibit. Yeah, and uh, the other the one other... is roll in parentheses urban assault. Is that a little weird? This okay, starts with play that fucking track. <laughs> Since you mentioned urban assault vehicle, I, I guess I've been avoiding saying talking about Roland because I'm I really do think Roland air raid vehicle is like. It's maybe great. one of the 30 best songs ever recorded. <laughs> it fucking rules so like, much. I get so pumped up whenever I listen to Roland. <laughs> it is ridiculous. It's so good. It's so stupid. Put your hands up. And the, all the fucking, like, all the... You better get some better people. beats and uh, get some better rhymes. <laughs> and, like, it's like... 
Hey, ladies! Hey, fellas! And the people people don't, don't give a fuck! <laughs> <laughs> it's so needlessly aggressive for no fucking reason. It's noted gender theorist Frederick. Yes, exactly. He was being all-inclusive back yep. before. He was, cool. he was the Judith Butler of, um, <laughs> of the fucking new metal scene. You know, the, like, the, the thing about that bit is, you know, he says, hey, ladies, hey, fellas, the people who don't give a fuck, hot mamas, pimp daddies, the people growing up in caddies. And then he says, hey, rockers, hip hoppers and everybody all around the world. <laughs> it's it's, an all- why not just say everybody all around? Like, why did you even list all those other people if you're going to include everybody at the very end? Because he's he's showing respect to people who are on the margin. I guess, yeah. but yes, but he's exactly. not. He's saying everybody, whether you're on the margins or not. Well, well, no, no he, he wants to, no, but he wants to give a special shout out. Yeah, exactly. I, I love how both of you like passionately <laughs> left the Freckers' defense <laughs> against me trying to pick his lyrics apart. Just on Roland, because Roland. Like, is no, Jeff. Here's the thing about Roland that you don't understand. <laughs> it is maybe the best metal song ever recorded. It is. The, it is better than fucking. Rain and blood, or whatever stupid bullshit you want to tell me is cool. Not better than raining. <laughs> come on. I like, love rain and blood, but come on. If you think that Burzum, any song that Burzum has recorded is better than Roland, you need there's to get a, a There's life. a band that Limp Bizkit is much, much better than is fucking Burzum. Hell yeah. Limp Bizkit are so much better than Burzum. Um. <clears throat> Like this. Also has uh, "Take a Look Around," which was the theme song for MI2. Of course, uh, yeah. Um, that and, was uh, the time. One of the bootlegs I downloaded it is called "Mission Limp Possible." Ah, I love it. <laughs> uh, here, here's a fun little uh, 2000 flashback for you guys. Um, I remember uh, my friend Matt. I was at his house and. Oh, yeah, uh, Matt, of Course, yeah, Matt, you don't know fucking Matt. I haven't talked to him since high school. Hope he's doing all right. Uh, yeah, I, I was over at his house and uh, I remember he was playing this song off of his computer, and at the time that blew my mind. Like, wow, people just like use the computer to like play music on instead of uh, yeah, stereo. Dude. I remember the first time, uh, my older friends showed me Napster. I was like, "Holy fuck, <laughs> yeah. dude!" I remember it's happening. I remember the first song I downloaded off of Napster. Was it that uh, you you killed my dog thing? You killed my dog. Oh, the Jerky Brothers. Yeah. No, it, it was not. <laughs> it was it the Jerky Boys? <laughs> the Jerky Brothers. They called them the Jerky Brothers. Uh, no. Uh. It was What's My Name by DMX. Of course! Oh, yeah! You know that song? Hell yeah! DMX, want it, we got it. So it was awesome. Uh, yeah, because I had just moved to North Carolina, and uh, I pretty much only listened to like Weird Al and Limp Biscuit at the time. Uh, <laughs> did Weird Al ever do a Limp Biscuit parody? <laughs> no, he, he no. didn't. Um, he did have... Uh, he did put My Way in one of his polka medleys, though. Yeah, the Angry White Boy polka. Mm-hmm. On uh, he also did like System of a Down and other. That's a great one. Yeah. Have yeah. you guys heard the uh the or seen the the sketch the Bob Odenkirk thing, where it's a band of dads doing a doing a parody of My Way. 
I don't think so. And uh, instead of check out my melody, the beat is based around check out the title deed. And it's called <laughs> My House, My Rules. That sounds fun. <laughs> and it's about... Yeah, that, that sounds funny. It's No, it's really, really funny. It's on YouTube. It's great. Um, yeah. Man, Take a Look Around has a lot of good lyrics in it. Sure. I analyze every second I exist, beating up my mind every second with my fist. <laughs> just like punching, <laughs> like, just picture Fred Durst just sitting there, like, punching himself in the head over and over. Like Gigi Allen. <laughs> yep. Exactly like Gigi Allen. Fred Durst. He's about, as, like he's, a, Allen. he's about as smart as Gigi Allen, that's for sure. <laughs> yep. um, oh, God. This man, is a great album. Yeah, I feel like we're... Dead ass, this is a great album. Like, I'm not fucking around. I think this <laughs> album is great. No, like, I have a really good time whenever I listen to this album. Yeah. I have, I have a fucking blast. It, it is a powerful intoxicant for me, because, like I said, like, this, this takes me back like very little does. Um, I, it's hard to say how I would feel about it if I didn't have that, uh, nostalgic connection though. Um, because I I don't know. I think I would, (laughs) I I, I think I would think I was too good for this. (laughs) I didn't like add the, uh, it's really, really long. Yeah. I see why people wouldn't like this because it's like an hour and 15 minutes. Yeah, to be fair, without the outro, it's only 65 minutes because, yeah. you know. It's still pretty long. It's pretty it, long. It is very long. It it overstays its welcome a little bit. I understand that, but what a wonderful time. I don't think I've had a better time in the course of this podcast <laughs> than I am listening to fuck it, the first three Limp Bizkit albums. Awesome. I had a great time. Um, I, lo- I, I, I do want to say about the outro, though. I love how, like, five minutes of it are just a dude laughing. Yeah, a loop of things. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, it's really annoying. Uh, yeah, I hope, Paige... I hope you have a high tolerance for Ben Stiller. Paige has hated me all week because I've been playing Limp Biscuit. I uh, can imagine. She doesn't share my enthusiasm for them. Uh and yeah, that that in particular, she was like, "What the fuck is this?" <laughs> like while like Ben Stiller was laughing for five minutes. That's so her pain. Yeah. You should have said it's avant garde. <laughs> you don't get it, Paige. Yeah, he's not your favorite motherfucker. So <laughs> I mean, <laughs> uh, should we talk about results may vary then? This yeah, is different. This, this, this is, is different. This is garbage. Yes, this uh, is irredeemable trash garbage. It is not irredeemable trash garbage. Yes, it it's is. not. It's not very good, but it's still very funny because yeah, this is lit biscuit. I mean, well, this it it, it does funny. go to show you. Uh, you know, West Portland left the band at this point uh, yeah. and formed his own band called Big Dumb Face. And I have not listened to them. I bet they're great. They uh, well, actually, uh, West Portland was apparently a big Ween fan and a big uh, Mr. Bungle fan. Okay. He Mr. Bungle of, does not surprise me. He was sort of trying to make music like that. Um, they did release one video from Big Dumbface uh, that I recommend checking out because it's fucking weird. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll post that on the page when we... Uh, I'm also going to post the Blow the Boat barbecue video. Of course. If you haven't seen because that, you gotta. It, it's 
the greatest video that has ever been. I made. think that I think that That's... seeing the uh, Limp Bizkit blow up the boat barbecue <laughs> is like essential to understanding like the mythology of of this podcast. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. No, that that is a foundational text for our podcast. Could be your <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, but uh, yeah, like I, I was reading in that interview with Wes Borland, he was like, you know, he felt embarrassed that he was in Limp Bizkit. Sure. Um, and. But he also had this attitude of like, well, you know, I'm a rock star now. Like, I could yeah. leave Limp Bizkit and start my own band and we'll be just as popular. Had nothing bad could possibly <laughs> no. happen. Right. It did uh, not happen at all. It was all. like, yeah, that was a rude awakening. <laughs> and uh, I realized that was not the case. <laughs> um, but yeah, this this is their only album without Wes Borland. Uh, edited entirely by Fred Durst. It, and it shows. Uh, it's this album. Okay. It's funny in the sense that it's funny to listen to Fred Durst try to be like sensitive and serious, but it's awful to listen to. It is just an absolute slog. I think it's good in the same way Weird Revolution by the Butthole Surfers is good. It, so it's so not at all? I, it, no, I really like Weird Revolution because it's so fucking funny. And I kind of like this record because it is so unbelievably funny to hear him trying to channel like R.E.M. almost like down another day and drown and Creamer Radio is dead. <laughs> oh man this album's fucking hilarious <laughs> but but see like it it the the execution of it it isn't really like funny it's just like no. boring and no it's, it's a completely straight record there's no he, he's not doing any goon face or anything but that's part of why i think this is so funny oh, no. because this is a completely straight record yeah and it, it's, it's terrible funny, it's, it's, it's funny it's funny but it's not fun <laughs> to listen to I, I I could listen to Build a Bridge with Head who, from Corn, I believe. <laughs> uh, I could listen to that a lot. Uh, Almost <laughs> over, I think, is funny. The Drown, song with, I, the song with Snoop Dogg is kind of funny. Uh, or uh, Drown, I think Drown is hilarious. <laughs> the last track. <laughs> I remember kind of the controversy when uh, the Behind Blue Eyes video came out oh, yeah. because. Everybody was like, dude, Fred Durst just made this video so he could make out with Halle Berry. And I was like, yeah, you know, like, well, that's the kind of shit you can do when you're Fred Durst. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I mean, I feel bad for Halle Berry, but she, she, eh, chose, she got paid. She chose yeah. to do this. Um, it's, it's kind of funny. Um, cause you know, this came out in 2003, <laughs> uh, right. chocolate starfish came out in 2000. Um, but it's just funny, like when you're young, how much a difference three years can make because oh. like, you know, I, in 2003, I had discovered like the Pixies and Radiohead and shit. Right. And so like, I was like, I listened to good music. Uh, I'm too good for chocolate starfish. <laughs> well, no, no. Like I, I remember like someone at school being like, dude, have you heard the new Limp Biscuit song? And he was talking about eat you alive. And I was like, who the fuck listens to Limp Biscuit? And it's right. like I did three Uh-oh. years ago. Yeah, that <laughs> less was than three years of, ago. <laughs> yeah, that was the thing that like kind of. That's the thing I don't like looking back upon the times when I looked down on the shit that I had liked previously, <laughs> because most of the time what happens is not always, but most of the time you go back to that stuff, and it turns out that you still like it. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Side, yeah. So. 
Speaking of Eat You Alive, that, that song is hilarious. Yeah, The lyrics are fucking funny. What's that bit? Is like, he's talking to some woman, and he's like, I'm a look, cause I'm a man, and I can do what the hell I want. You got that straight. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty great. Putting women in their place. Yeah. <laughs> It's a real, it's a real Donald maybe. Trump moment. Yeah, I was about to say that's like, it's like a Donald Trump campaign. <laughs> hey you, Mrs. I don't know what the fuck your name is. I'm drawn to you. Something's magnetic here. If I could approach you or even get close to the scent that you left behind. Yes, it is. It's just kind of dull. Like it's 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 just not... really dull. Yeah. He really, really wants to be like REM or something. On this. <laughs> he I, wants. I, to be I, taken I don't know seriously. where you're getting REM from. No, I don't think it's REM. But he, like he does want to be taken seriously. Yeah. And like he has like you know Rick Rubin producing, so like that's a respectable <laughs> dude. God, even that. That's hilarious. <laughs> no, like I really. I think the this is funny. It's it's funny in concept, but it's it's such a boring record. Like the other Limp Bizkit albums are good because they're hilarious and they're stupid, and I know that. But they also have interesting things going on musically that allow you to engage with them, to listen to them, and have a good time. Yeah. Versus this, which is just a bunch of fucking mush. It's like. Did you guys have a lot of the old uh, Now That's What I Call Music uh, CDs? I did, yeah. Because I, I, had, I had all of them up until like wow. 9 or 10. Like not literally all of them, but like my brother and I got them whenever they came out up until probably like 2004-ish. And like the last third of all of those uh, CDs would just be like stained and like creed and like depressing like butt rock that's just boring and doesn't do anything <laughs> and that's what this is yeah it, it is and i i think that music is kind of funny so i i can get it, it is, is but it's not like <laughs> funny enough to listen to for an hour yeah it's not funny <laughs> enough to sustain me to like, like i enjoy to- like it's been a while by stained for instance yes. <laughs> Uh, but like I wouldn't listen to Stained for an hour. Like it's not that funny, you know. Uh, what was the other song again? Uh, outside the yeah, uh, outside. 
yeah, I could see through you, see your true colors. I don't know. I mean, I, I didn't think that this was really that unbearable to listen to. This is the first time I heard this record was doing it. I didn't think it was that bad. It's not unbearable. It's just shitty. <clears throat> and it I, is long. I think it's. I think it's really bad. Eat You Alive it, is hilarious, though. Like, I, I do love Eat You Alive. <laughs> I will eat you alive! Sure. It's good stuff. So, yeah. Uh, this is... This is pretty inconsequential in the whole Limp Bizkit camp. And man, that that behind Blue Eyes cover is is. Wolf. I don't like the original song. <laughs> yeah, either. I don't either. Like I like the Who. I don't like that song. Uh, the Who are another band where I I don't like their ballady songs. I don't like them when they want to be like super serious. I like them when they're having fun. Like you're old, a quick one while he's away. They're having a great time on that, and that's great. <laughs> And, um, you know, then they try to be a real art band, and I don't want that. Can we agree that Limp Biscuit better than The Who? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 I'd probably rather listen to Limp Biscuit than The Who, to be honest. Okay, good. I do it, really... it, it, we're on the same page. Everybody knows how much I love Live at Leeds, but yeah. <laughs> are, are, uh, we mo- oh, are we moving on? I believe so. To so, the unquestionable truth. So speaking of too serious, <laughs> the fuck is this? I kind of like it. Really? Yeah, unquestionable truth is okay. It's all right. I like it. I think the like it's it's this is an album where it's too serious and that's funny, but it's also like doing kind of fun stuff musically, so I don't mind listening to it. It's yeah. I like mean, I think the riffs are good. Well, West Portland is back, so yeah. there's that. Yeah. Um, I think the riffs are good, so... There's a major Rage Against the Machine thing happening oh, yeah. in this album. You can oh, yeah. tell you question yeah. about it. It's un- and that's an unquestionable truth. It is. <laughs> hey, where's part two, by the way? Uh, development he said he wa- he said, Yeah, he said he wants to do it. Yeah? Yeah. But, but just like, uh, what is it, Stampede of the Disco Elephants, it's just... It's coming out next year. It's, it's been laboring in development hell as... Caroline said for like years. Mm-hmm. Um, oh yeah, this album is called The Unquestionable Truth Part One. By the way, I don't think yep. we said that. It's uh, an EP. Yeah, uh, I think they don't they think okay. They're calling it an EP. It's it's listed as an album on RYM, but uh, RYM doesn't know shit. Well, it's, you know how many things I've tried to add to RYM that they won't let me add because it's like, well, you list this as a compilation, but. It's an album of new material. I'm like, no, it's a collection of things that were released, just not on any musical. Like, they were on video games or something. It's a compilation. No, it's an album. Like, fine, fuck you. I'm not putting it up there then. Fuck our way Um, But yeah, this is um, Limp Bizkit's holding a mirror up to society on this EP. Oh, yeah. Yep. Hardcore. It's really if letting you, us know what's you, up. If you weren't convinced that they were idiots before, <laughs> listen to this. Because they they think they're really really they're really saying shit about America and the war on terror and like yeah dog I mean I, so this is Limp Bizkit's Bush album this yeah. is yeah it is this mm. is their this, idiot this is their war on errorism their American idiot <laughs> their uh, hail to the thief what Ministry did like four fucking albums about George W Bush. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody had to know. <laughs> I just think it's funny. Ministry had three, at least three albums, and 
they were all about George W. Bush. They loved him so much. Which, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I, one of my favorite things about this record was how it was released. No promotion. Yep. No nothing. It just appeared. That's true. I do <laughs> yeah, remember and, this thing coming it, out and being it, like, It didn't what the do fuck? so good. <laughs> It didn't do great. Um, I mean, I don't think that's because of the no promotion, though. I think it's just because, uh, you know, it was 2005 and Limp Bizkit. We, were, we as a culture had moved on. Right. We were done with new metal pretty much at this time. Yeah. Um, and, like, the new metal bands that were left, like, were really chaining up their sound to try to... You know, it's like when Guns N' Roses or whatever, like, you know, wore flannel shirts and trying to be relevant and racist well of course <laughs> that goes without uh, saying it's, it's yeah uh, you this know, is go ahead i was just gonna say like what what um what is it about new metal that like captured the zeitgeist of the late 90s and early 2000s i think, think we just i think we needed something to wipe the fucking smile off our faces <laughs> in the face of that that budget surplus yeah well, no, I mean, you can talk about the budget surplus. There was still a lot of anger in the 90s. Yeah. There was a lot of anger. We needed to let it out as a people. That's true, but, like, I don't think of the 90s as being a particularly angry time, though. Like, really? I, you, you, compared you, you to now? <laughs> compared to fucking after 9-11? I mean, not really. I mean, maybe not, but... Uh, I would say about as angry as, like, the 80s were. Have you listened to a gangster rap album from the 90s? Yeah, uh, well, I mean, this is white people we're talking about, though. Yeah, what did white people have to be upset about? <laughs> right, white people were doing just fine. Well, a lot of their jobs were being shipped overseas. This is this is the era of NAFTA. Yeah, I guess that's Like, yeah, that's the, the, the WTO protest culminated in, I believe, 99. Yeah. Yeah, that but... Was a lot like, of- Limp Biscuit didn't have anything to do with that. Well, you could say Limp Biscuit uh, harnessed a kind of white working class rage. Yeah, yeah, I guess that's true. Exactly. I don't know. I I guess it was good. So (laughs) it was good. That's why it It was good. Well, lots of things are good, but that don't (laughs) that don't become popular necessarily. I, I guess I'm just like, what What was the spirit of the times that Limp Bizkit really captured, I guess? Everybody was horny and mad. <laughs> That's right. Everybody was horny and mad. Well, white people were horny and mad. <laughs> um, um, anyway. This yeah, isn't that good. The CP is all right. I kind of I like it, but I mean, it's not... It's not, like trans- the- it's not transcendently stupid enough for me, but I think right. the guitars sound pretty good. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I like Limp at their stupidest. Like, uh, yeah. You know, it's when- not what I want. Th- I don't want them to be Rage Against the Machine. Right. Because I could just listen to Rage Against the Machine. Oh, dude, uh, speaking of Rage Against the Machine, uh, Fred Durst cited them as an influence often. And uh, sure. um, one of the dudes from Rage Against the Machine, I can't remember who... Uh, Apologized. Ap- apologized, <laughs> yeah, to the world for unleashing Limp Biscuit on us. Um, yeah, he like hated Limp Biscuit, and uh, I want to say one of them like rushed the stage at the VMAs also when when they won an award. Like one of the Rage Against the Machine guys rushed the stage to protest Limp Biscuit being celebrated. Yeah, that's direct action, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. That's raging against the machine. 
can we agree let biscuit better than rage against the machine yeah yeah, yeah definitely yeah. good good um yeah oh yeah like there's no comp there's no competition nah i mean i i like rage fine but uh they have a couple good songs but... oh sure um but but yeah limp uh limp just hits that spot for me a little more exactly yeah. I don't really have much to say about the. I have less to say about this than results may vary. Mm. Well, you want to talk about Gold Cobra then? Gold Cobra rules. Cash Money Records. That's right, motherfucker. Came out on Cash Money Records. <laughs> so he's a big limp fan, apparently. Why wouldn't he be? Yeah. <laughs> and you could tell that you could tell that they're really like hearkening back to those glory days because it's this oh, cover. Yeah. This cover, unlike all their other covers, they're really direct about it. This has boobs and a butt on it. That's right. That's right. Uh, and the single for gold for the song "Gold Cobra" has some very strange-looking album art. Like whenever I first saw it, I thought it was one of the most disturbing things I'd ever seen. Ooh, sure. No, it, it, it just it just looks strange. It's not that weird. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I think this album is a return to fucking form. It is. You, c- you uh, could tell it was meant to be. Yeah, it it much sounds a lot more like the Limp Biscuit of old than uh than those last two things did. The polar bear is back in his element. <laughs> sure. That's what he calls himself, right? On Shark Attack, also known by my alias, Polar Bear. <laughs> <laughs> well, he also says, uh, first things first, the chocolate starfish is my man Fred Durst. <laughs> So, so yeah, I can't keep track of all the aliases that uh, Fred He's a complex himself. person. He's a man of many characters. He's like Nicki Minaj. He, exactly. But <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, this is a great album. <laughs> I, I don't know if I'd go that I don't know if it's that. great. but it's I, I think this is just as good as the top tier stuff we were talking about before. Huh. Yes, absolutely. Fucking Gold Cobra, Shotgun, fucking douchebag. Douchebag. The outro to Loser, where Fred Durst discovers auto tune. Yes. That just like really, that just really brings me back to like the spirit of pop music in the '90s, where you would have like Eminem just being a dick about he would he would always have a song that was just like making fun of Britney Spears, Mariah Carey, and shit. Because, like, people had to know that you were against that shit. Like, you had to mark yourself as being against a certain kind of pop music while being for a different kind of incredibly popular corporate music. Exactly. Yeah. This This brings me back to that. This brings me back to that. I appreciate them as, like, men in their late 30s, like, doing that. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> these guys are just as stupid as they were before. Yeah. But yeah. Right, yeah. like, intro bra, sorry, mm. all the way to Shotgun, that's like a monster set of songs right there. Yeah. yeah. All right. <clears throat> I, I do love Shotgun. <laughs> Shotgun is awesome. My nerves running like me from the police. It's been three weeks and I ain't got no sleep. Now I'm chilling where the players in the host be. With two broke ass hands trying to roll weed. All because I pop, 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 pop off the rock. 
rock shit. You might know a lot of things, baby, not this. And I do it all again for you, watch this. As I let my ass back to the cockpit. Now start it up, let the engine roar. I watched um, some live footage of them playing that uh, in France, and man, those French people, dude, French people love Limp Biscuit. Apparently, I love that. Oh yeah, they refuse to tour in the United States, but they go to Europe. Yeah. (laughs) Wait, really? uh, Yes, they refuse to do major (laughs) tours in the United States, but they'll go to Europe and do. Why? Because we don't appreciate them enough. Exactly. Just like uh. Really. Like, they'll do festivals here, but they okay. don't do tours. Yeah, because didn't they bring back the Family Values Tour a couple of years ago? Um, I don't know. I do know that them and Corn are touring in England together right now. <gasps> so I ha- Oh, man, I wish that they toured in England when I was there. <laughs> I would have gone to Dude, see Dude, I-, I would see the fuck out of Limp Bizkit. Oh, oh, fuck yeah! I would go right now. <laughs> my, my sister has seen Limp Bizkit. She said it's a wonderful experience. Who saw them? Yeah, it is. Who did you say saw them? My sister. Oh, your sister saw Limp Bizkit? Yes. <laughs> and she said it was great. They did. They opened with Roland and everything. Nice. What uh was this recently? This was like two or three years ago. Damn. Yeah. Oh, man. It was at, it was at Carolina. I was, at, I was in North Carolina at the time. Well, where was she? South Carolina. This was the Carolina Rebellion. You couldn't man. have driven to South Carolina? I probably had to work or something. You you couldn't get work off to see Limp fucking Biscuit? <laughs> well, I could say the same thing about you going to see Smash Mouth and canceling at the last minute. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, shit It's happens. not quite the same, though. Oh, yeah, Limp Biscuit's actually good. And, exactly. and Smash Mouth is just like at the very least. I bet a Limp Biscuit show is fucking fun, yeah, whereas a Smash sure. Mouth show, I don't okay, know. Exactly. Uh, Jeff, do you remember the time it was Fourth of July at Harry's house and we watched the his VHS of the Family Value Store? I do remember that? Yes. Was it ninety nine? That was yeah, ninety eight, ninety nine, somewhere around there. Because Limp Biscuit wasn't that big uh, when, when that video came out. They were. Corn was very much like the headliner, and Limp Biscuit right. was like the undercard, you know. Sure. Why uh, how that flipped in later years? <laughs> that's true. Well, Chocolate Starfish was apparently the fastest-selling rock album of all time at the time it came out. 
obviously. Mm-hmm. Why wouldn't it be? <laughs> it's it's also the the greatest. It's also the best rock album of all time. <laughs> I mean, so, yep. You know, it makes makes all the rock music look completely useless in comparison. Right. Yeah. Cavemen. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But uh, but yeah, this is kind of a return to being hilarious, which yep. I, I appreciate. It's a return to fun. Yes, it is. Fun. Yeah. This is. I think. I think this is a really great record. It's it's not bad, but like, I don't really see myself throwing this on when I have chocolate starfish, you know. Right. Exactly. Like, I feel the same way. Like, it's, it's it's something weird about like the fact that this music came out in 2011, you know. Like, I, yeah, I have a hard time with that. <laughs> uh, I don't know. It's got a. Uh, have you guys heard the bonus the bonus track song with uh, Paul Wall? Middle finger. <laughs> no, what? Yeah, there's a bonus track with Paul Wall called Middle Finger, and it's great. It sounds oh, like man. it. Yeah. Paul I mean, Wall say his name? Yeah, of course he does. <laughs> <laughs> you ever known a rapper to not say their name? No, but Paul Wall in particular, like, he loves his name. Whatever happened to Paul Wall? He's not really, I don't see him on songs anymore. He's I'm... dead now. <laughs> Well, the thing is, Paul Wall, not only does his name rhyme with itself, but it rhymes with all kinds of other things. Yes, he really Paul, call, doll. <laughs> the possibilities are endless. Uh, so, Gold well, Cobra, I give it a double cup city. <laughs> double cup city. I'll allow it. Um, so, I, I guess that brings us to the end of our Linton Biscuit conversation. Yeah. Uh... A lot of it included, man, this fucking rule. Yeah, <laughs> which, conversation. What? Yeah, of course it does. Come on, dude. Um, yeah, I mean, look, nostalgia is a powerful, powerful drug, and uh, very few things make me as nostalgic as chocolate starfish and the hot dog flavored water. Yeah. Uh, it just takes me back in such a way that I could never possibly dislike it. Um, and you know, I, I know you are arguing for it on its own merits apart from nostalgia, Andrew. Uh, (laughs) And, uh, if you like really silly music, there's no reason. Yeah. But I, I do think that the nostalgia and I think that those two things are inseparable because I don't know if like some of our younger listeners who don't remember this time, like I don't even know if they'd think it's as funny as we do. If you were born after the year 2000. Yeah. If you're one of our younger listeners, like if you're in high school right now, listen to chocolate starfish and tell tell us what you think about it. Please do. I'm actually really, really interested. I would love to know what, y'all think about this album absolutely uh leave it in the comments absolutely mm-hmm. let's hear yeah. from you uh, on your facebook page yeah what the fuck are you guys doing write us a letter going to school <laughs> <laughs> write us a letter i'm gonna put everybody's address up on the internet write us some letters that's right yep uh andrew thank you for joining us this week uh, hey i look forward to seeing you next week thanks yes. for having me on I'm so excited. Next week we'll be talking about another band. uh, New metal. Another new metal band. Uh, I haven't... We already have our four picked out, but we don't Mm. have the order of them picked out yet. Uh, 
We'll keep you in suspense. Yeah. Yep. Uh, it'll be a good time. Of course. But until then, thank you for listening, everyone, and goodbye. And keep rolling. Y'all are our favorite motherfuckers. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> keep rolling, 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 rolling. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, introducing the chocolate starfish and the hot dog flavored water.